A superior blessing, properly understood, can reframe any experience of difficulty you go through. And that's what I want to plant in your mind as we come out of Psalm 121 and end this series today. That when, when you get a superior blessing as promised by God in your heart and mind, a superior blessing rightly understood will reframe any difficulty you go through in your life and in your days ahead. And here's a fact. I don't know what's coming in your future. I don't know what's going to happen a week from now, two hours from now in your life. But if you are in Christ, here's what I know. Psalm 121 verse 8, the Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. And so I, I don't know what's to come for you, but I know that the Lord is your keeper, that the Lord will watch over you. And when you get a superior blessing soaked into your heart and mind, it will reframe any difficulty that you go through in this life. So let's take a look at this amazing final verse of Psalm 121. Uh, you'll see the page number up on the, on the screen. Uh, grab your Bible if you have one. If you don't have one, please grab one under the seats in front of you. Uh, Psalm 121. And we're going to land the plane today in the final verse, verse 8. But last week, we were in verse 7. And I was looking at that beautiful reminder that uh, verse 7, the Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. And I, I was making that distinction that that promise does not mean that the Lord will spare you from all experience of evil. What it means is that as you walk through the valley of the shadow of death and evil, the Lord will watch over, the Lord will guard, the Lord will protect, the Lord will sustain, the Lord will keep you in the midst of the experience of evil. And through the story of Joseph, I looked at that idea that the favor and blessing of God can be on a life at the very same time devastation, sorrow, difficulty, and suffering are taking place. But what is more real, what is more in control is not the evil, but the good keeping care of God. And the good news for you and I is that despite not knowing what is to come, there is no stock market crash in the years to come. There is no illness that you can get. There is no gossip that can be spread about you. There is no job that can be lost, financial devastation that can take place. There is no attack from Satan himself that can dislodge you from the keeping care of God. That is what is most true over your life if you are in Christ. Despite what you are feeling in the moment, God is in control of your life. And so we're not spared from it, but he keeps us in the midst of it. And Psalm 121 is so refreshing because verse 1 opens with an acknowledgement of instability. I lift up my eyes to the hills. I don't know what's coming up ahead. From where does my help come? And then it goes through with this ongoing picture of God's sustaining care. And then it lands the plane in verse 8 with this beautiful, all-encompassing, never-ending, completely sufficient promise of God's care over every detail of your life. Psalm 121 verse 8 with great confidence says this. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. 
And you see, in this one verse, we get pretty much all of the major ideas that has been on repeat throughout this psalm, and I've covered a lot of them in depth in the last month and a half, and so I'm not going to go into them in depth today about who the Lord, what Yahweh entails fully, and what keep means in depth. Um, So if you missed any of the weeks of this sermon series, please, uh, every single verse is really important to fully understand what's going on here. So if you missed any weeks, uh, please go back on our YouTube channel, uh, just search Center Church Lake County, and watch any of the weeks you missed. Uh, You can always catch up on the go in our podcast, just search in your podcast app, Center Church Podcast, and catch up on any weeks that you missed. But today is just going to be on verse 8. And just briefly, a couple quick ideas in summary. So notice there the first two words, the Lord. Right? Notice the Lord, and uh, Lord is in all caps. Capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. And the point that I've been making is that whenever you see the Lord in all caps, that is the translator's attempt to carry over into English the proper name of God as given throughout the Old Testament, the name of God as Yahweh. And so this is clarifying. This is not just some generic deity. This is not just some God you can approach on your own terms. Yahweh is encompassing all that makes God, God is in the name Yahweh. All that is in his character, his holiness, his love, his justice, his purity, his mercy, his sovereignty, his faithfulness, his kindness, all that is his character is in the name of Yahweh but also all that makes him uh, in his person, in his being, all that his, him, himself is in the name of Yahweh, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. All of that is in the name Yahweh. And what you need to recognize is that the proper way to understand Psalm 121 and the Old Testament and the Bible as a whole is that reminder of the immensely relational dynamic of the name of Yahweh as he relates to his people. That implicit in the name of Yahweh is this idea that his covenant people have been saved, not because they earned it, but because of his grace. And now that they have been adopted into his family, there is to be a dynamic of ongoing relational fidelity from us to his ways. That we do not live with him on the margins, but our lives are centered on him. He is not a consultant that we consider his advice. He is the Lord we revere and bend our knees before absolutely, immediately in every area of our life. The Lord. And so I emphasize this a lot early on, but here's the question again. Who is the functional Lord of your life? Your ambitions or Yahweh? Your appetites or Yahweh? Your desire for approval from other people or Yahweh? Who is the actual governing authority and Lord of your life that drives you? Him or a created thing? And so the reminder for everyone is that you and I, we will not experience the abundant peace and joy and confidence and rest of Psalm 121 if we've got one foot in the world and one foot in the ways of God. That if we are not rightly relating to the Lord as Yahweh, as our functional God that we're submitted to, deferring to, loving, adoring, and worshiping, if we've got one foot in the world and one foot in the ways of God, we are forsaking the full experience of the joy and victory of Psalm 121 
May you go and reflect on who the functional Lord of your life is, and may you surrender completely. Look back at verse 8. The Lord will keep. What we translate as will keep or your keeper, it's this idea, this Hebrew word that's really rich, the Hebrew word of shamar. It's this idea of God attentively watching over you of God guarding you, of God protecting you, of God enveloping you, of God sustaining you, of God's favor resting on you despite the difficulty that you go through. God keeping you does not mean endless, uninterrupted, ever-increasing comfort and ease, though. You are more secure than you can fathom, but you will not always be comfortable. The Lord is under you, keeping you, and that's the most real reality in your life, not your present circumstances. Back to verse 8. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in. As I reflected on that uh, the last couple of weeks, I have just been thanking God for his sense of humor and his kindness that back mid-January when the decision was made to to cancel our year-long series in the Old Testament— and just camp out in Psalm 121 for a month and a half because of what was happening among our congreg- in our congregation. Um, I knew from the beginning that March 5th was going to be Psalm 121, 121, verse 8. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. And back in mid-January, we had no idea how long Pastor Jordan would be here. He, he and I were talking. They might be here till May. We, we were making plans about Easter together, potentially. But God moved Jordan on a bit faster than we thought might happen. And the beauty is that God arranged it, that Jordan is being announced at his new church in Miami, Florida today, and he's leaving for Miami today, and his final day with us is Psalm 121, verse 8. And how beautiful is it that we get to send them out with a reminder of the blessing of God's keeping care as they go out and as they come into their next season of life. And that's not just like a sweet little sentimental, you know, accident that's really nice to see. That is an intentional little reminder from God of how he is at work in your life as well. And what you need to be aware of is that he will keep your going out and your coming in. There will not be a moment of your life going forth where you will be outside of the guarding care of God. There will not be a second that he loses track of what's going on in your world. Now, granted, it won't always feel like that. I'll admit, you will oftentimes not feel like that is the case. But friend, there's something more stable to base your view of reality on than your emotional state and your circumstances you're going through. There is something more true than your perception of reality. And what's more true is the word of God and his character. And despite what you are experiencing right now, here's what I can boast over your life if you are in Christ. For all who have been reconciled to God through Jesus Christ, here's what's true for you. From your, the moment of your birth to the moment of your death, from the second you open your eyes in the morning to awaken to the second you close your eyes and fall asleep, in the valley of the shadow of death, and on the mountaintop of celebration with joy, in your starting and your stopping, in your failures and your successes, when you're faithful to God and when you sin again and mess it up, here's what's true. 
You are never outside of the keeping care of God in your life at that moment. I have no idea what's coming in your life, but I know if you are in Christ, he will be keeping you. Regardless of what you feel, see, hear, and think, the most true decisive factor is God's care, not your experiences. And this is the reminder to give you that a superior blessing properly understood can reframe all the difficulties that you go through. And this is what I've been trying to remind myself of. Even as I'm preaching this series, I'm realizing I need these truths deeper in my soul. Because I, I believe everything that I've said the last month and a half, that I, th this psalm has revolutionized my life beyond what I can even explain, but it still does not produce the avalanche of joy and confidence that it should. I am still more easily shaken than I should be. But if I get these truths more decisively governing my mind and view of reality, I can be unshakable, and that's available for you. Regardless of what you feel, think, hear, see, or have done to you, the Lord will keep you're going, you're going out and you're coming in. And notice again, from this time forth and forevermore. I was drawn to the repetitiveness of that last line. Notice, from this time forth and forevermore. I mean, ultimately, from this time forth would have been sufficient. From this time forth would have been all-encompassing. From, from this time forth would mean all of the days of your earthly life, and that would entail on into eternity. From this time forth is pretty all-encompassing, but the Spirit of God led the psalmist to write from this time forth and forevermore. It's almost beautifully redundant. It's just like this overflowing, let's say it again, from this time forth, that ain't enough, and forevermore. He won't stop. There, there, there's no end date to this keeping care. This warranty won't, won't end. There, there's no ending to his keeping care of you from this time forth and forevermore going on into eternity. And, and this is what's available for you, friend. Once again, a superior blessing, rightly understood, will reframe any difficulty you go through. What is the most real thing in your mind? Your circumstances or the care of God? What, whatever is governing your thought life, whatever is ruling your heart, is what will rule your life. Are you meditating on this? Are you dwelling on this? Are you journaling on this? Are you running to this? Are you talking about this? You can have reality reframed, not in denial, but in alignment with what's most true, the care of God. And this is where, throughout the week, as I was writing on and preparing for this sermon, I was originally going to really be focusing on the sovereignty of God and the eternal care of God and what this means in eternity and afterlife, and I was going to spend a lot of time on that. And I, I, I just felt corrected by God, and I kept getting dragged back to this idea of my burden to be overly clear of your responsibility and my responsibility in the ongoing experience of Psalm 121. And this is where I want to shift this sermon. 
away from talking primarily about what God will do, although that's good and needed, but basically for the last six weeks, that's the majority of my words, has been focusing on the character of God, his sovereignty, his goodness, his love, his mercy, his faithfulness, his generosity. That is good, and that should be the primary focus of this sermon series. But I am jealous to clarify for you that your lifestyle has a direct impact on your experience of Psalm 121. And I am burdened that you do not walk out here under the delusion that you will just have this experience fall out of heaven randomly and fall into your lap and you'll just experience this no matter how you live. I need to warn you, your lifestyle directly impacts your experience of Psalm 121. And I'm gonna end today by holding your feet to the fire and reminding you and I that you and I have work to do. God's keeping care is absolute. But here it is, we can mess up our experience of it. And so as I exhort you going forward, here here it is. First off, look back at your Bible, Psalm 121. Look before verse one. Notice that it says, a song of ascents. The whole context for Psalm 121 is of the faithful worshiper of God journeying from throughout Israel to Jerusalem to take part in the national religious festivals to worship God. That they were rightly ordering their finances, their time, their family rhythms, their work life. Everything was rightly ordered around the right worship of God above all else. They spent their life focusing their mind on God. And that is the context in which to understand the promises of Psalm 121. The right, absolute worship of God. And if I'm not living my life attentive to who he is, sacrificing for him, adoring him, seeking him, submitting to him, I will forsake the full experience of the Lord, Yahweh's complete care of me. So here's the encouragement and the warning. The Lord will keep you, but you can sabotage that work. I guarantee you the Lord will keep you if you are in Christ, but you can sabotage your experience of that work by unaddressed, unrepentant sin remaining in your life. God loves you enough to not leave you in your unrepentant sin. He will lovingly disrupt your life to discipline you for your good and your long-term well-being. The Lord will keep you, but you can sabotage that keeping work through unrepentant sin. And if you want to fully experience the joy and the shalom and the confidence of Psalm 121, you need to make war on your sin. You need to confess it to another. You need to repent thoroughly. You need to fight against it, set up boundaries, flee from it in every area of your life. If you are passive with sin, you will be deceived by sin. The Lord will keep you, and you are responsible to flee from the sin that will harass you and lead you away from him. Here's another promise and another warning. The Lord will keep you, but you can stifle the experience of that through folly. Like you, you might not be like knowingly running out in unrepentant, hard-hearted sin. I don't care what he says. Like you might not be walking in unrepentant sin, but if you are walking in folly, 
contrary to the wisdom of God as given in the book of Proverbs, you can really mess up and complicate your life. And the Lord will mercifully, patiently, kindly, and gently keep you, but ongoing folly will mess up your experience of his keeping of you. You and I are responsible to walk in wisdom before the Lord. Here it is again. The Lord will keep you, but you can miss seeing it and experiencing it by just living an overly hurried, constantly busy, frantically overcommitted type of a life. Friends, if your life is marked by endless hurry, always doing more, always looking at a screen, always taking in more content, always doing, 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 you will have your senses overwhelmed. And what you will be most aware of is the frantic stress before you and not the keeping care of God. So friend, you might not be walking in unrepentant sin. Great. You might be having a life conformed to the book of Proverbs. Great. But if you are living the typical Lake County life, you won't be at peace in the keeping care of God, fully aware of what he's doing. See, here's the idea. The Lord will keep you if you are in Christ. The table is set before you with his goodness and his gentleness and his mercy. But you and I have work to do to steward our hearts to be more aware of what he is doing. And so this sermon shifted for me from primarily looking at the work of God, which would have been a very good thing to do, but that's pretty much been the last six weeks. I want to land the plane with an exhortation for what you need to do to experience this in an ongoing capacity going forward. Here's, your, here's the big idea up on the screen if you're taking notes. Here's the invitation to you that we can increasingly experience the keeping care of the Lord by rightly relating to him. You can more and more and more fully experience his keeping care by rightly relating to him as Lord Yahweh, by obeying him more fully, by submitting to him more consistently, by realigning your life with his word more directly. The more you do that, the more your soul will be restored. Psalm 23, verse 3. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Notice the soul restoration and the ongoing obedience is what is joint together. If you want to experience peace and joy, obey what God says, and you will ever increasingly experience it. But second way to more and more experience and be aware of and be attentive to the keeping care of God is by worshiping him as we should, a song of ascents. And I want to be clear that worship is not just singing together on a Sunday morning in this room. Man, that is absolutely essential and good. That is a beautiful part of what worship is. But in, in the Bible, worship is more all-encompassing than just singing together among the saints. This is a part of it. But you can worship God as you make dinner tonight and thank him for his provision. You can worship God at your job tomorrow as you have integrity to do what he commands. You can worship God as you delight in your friends and family and thank God for that blessing. You can worship God as you walk around Independence Grove and adore God's creativity. The more you set your mind on him, the more you will be aware of what he has for you. And that's basically what the Rhythms of Life workshop is gonna be on April 22nd, how to set your mind on him in an ongoing experience of worship. I hope you join us. I wanna ask you to stand with us at this time. 
and we are going to have um, a congregational reading to end this series in Psalm 121. So please stand with me. And after this reading, we are going to uh, have a time of worship again. And our prayer team will be up front and they'll be available uh, for prayer for anyone, small, big, medium, whatever your prayer needs are. Uh, and actually, our prayer team, can you come up front right now and just spread out on either side of the stage? Uh, anybody who needs prayer can uh, receive prayer from them. But Psalm 121, I want to ask you, congregation, to read with me out loud. You'll see the verse up on the screen and read it with me out loud with joy, with confidence, with peace. This is what's most true in your life. Read it with me. Psalm 121, verse 1. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. That is what's true over your life. And that is what you can rest in. During this time of worship, if you need prayer for anything, please come forth. They can step out of the room with you in the hallway if you would like. God, we thank you for your provision, for your favor, for your blessing, and for your keeping. And I ask that you would make us more aware of your sovereign care. And may we be at rest in your goodness. Come and keep your people for your glory and for our good. In your name, amen.